Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Jim Rosati. Jim, happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy uh, Martin Luther King Day. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yeah. How is everything going for you? Hopefully a lot of you have uh, half the day off and can can enjoy Steelers football later this afternoon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, since Buffalo is so soft. They couldn't play yesterday. Uh, imagine having a team still in the playoffs. I know. Can't relate. <laughs> no, you can't. The Steelers kind of outlasted you a lot all year about the Steelers. The Steelers outlasted outlasted Miami. They outlasted Dallas. Cleveland. Yeah. See, that's no did something for you. You can now say that. Yeah. But yeah, still our football today. So there's something. Do you think this is going to help them in any way? What do you mean? I think the game Playing today. being delayed helps Buffalo slightly. Gotcha. Yeah, because if it would have been like crazy conditions, that that levels the playing field by quite a bit, I think. Yeah. I like, agree. if neither team can really do anything, then it's basically just like who can run the ball up the middle better, you know, at the end of the day. So, still just have a slight yeah. advantage, maybe. Yeah. Anybody could win that game. Yeah. So, there's that, I guess. So, uh, there is NFL playoff games today, two now, not just one. That's true. Yeah. So, go Steelers. Yay. No, go Steelers. Uh, I say I always root for them unless they play Miami. Half the time I'll root for Miami when yeah. Miami plays. But anyways, let's talk about some Pirates. Somewhat. Let's do it. Not yeah. a whole lot of news. I feel I feel like we start off every show this way. Not a lot of news. It's the Pirates. Yeah, Pirates offseason. It's a it's been a couple months of not a lot. We had that we had that week, Jim. Let's remember we had that week. We, there was we had the all Andy, of ours. the Andy injury, um, Oliveris. We did an emergency uh, Oliveris podcast. Yeah, Perez was that the same week too, wasn't he? Yeah, I said it was. Yeah, we we had. I remember you and I talked. We had like thirteen, like fourteen shows in twelve days, like we did. <laughs> That's true. There there was one like big stretch like where you know a lot yeah. of stuff did happen. But yeah, these past few weeks it's been a lot of uh oh well, you know, the pirates are you know reportedly in the mix on on this guy. And we haven't even really seen a whole lot of that. There's there's really only one free agent. Let's see. Three free agents out there that I can think of. 
currently the Pirates are really linked to, and that's Yariel Rodriguez, Michael A. Taylor, Carlos, and Carlos Santana. That's basically it that all you know, all I'm aware of. Yeah, yeah. I guess Paxton's name was in the one report. You know, looking for like a mid-tier starter. So, yeah, I think maybe but that was like the only time I heard that. Also, so that yeah. leaves me kind of skeptical on it. And the most recent news I heard was the Orioles were linked to him. Nothing about the Pirates. I'm sure. Guy. So yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are are in on Paxton. But I'll say this too: um, if we're going to talk a little bit about just like offseason news and such, and I don't know whether this is comforting or maybe just more problematic, which is something we're going to talk about here shortly. But I mean, there are reports. Alex Stump had a piece that the Pirates have offered some multi-year deals. To pitchers, right? Oh, we assume pitchers, I guess. Multi-year deals, right? Uh, and that's something we talked about. I mean, the Pirates haven't given it a multi-year free agent contract since how long, right? And, you know, what are they doing this year? They're not doing a whole lot. And, and again, it's reported they have given some multi-year offers, right? Um, and I think there's a lot of buzz that they were – they had a better offer than the Cubs on – uh It was the name again. Shota <laughs> Imanaga. There it is. Um, so again, like uh, you can look on one side and say, you know, hey, they are trying to do something, right? It's not that they're sitting back and punting on 2024. It sounds like they're trying to do something here. On the other end, you could sit here and say, well, they've like hurt themselves that, that you know, people don't want to come here clearly, you know what's what's going on um that's where we're at right now yeah I, i'm gonna guess it's like a mixture of the two i mean if they have been the high bidders on a few guys and they've they've lost out on them then you know at the end of the day they've no one to blame but themselves for that you know i mean they're they're you know location is always going to play a little bit of a role you know depending on the person like yeah if, is somebody gonna if they really like chicago or they really like you know new york are you going to take a little bit less money to play there as opposed to being being in Pittsburgh? You know, I yeah. Personally, I love the city of Pittsburgh, but there there are people out there who would much rather be in Chicago or New York, right? Um, so you can't really fault the guys for that. If you want them to come here, you've got to give them a reason to come here. Speaking of taking less money to go to a place like New York, I mean Marcus Stroman. There's like a good example of that. Yeah, Stroman took way less money than what you would have expected. Actually, we haven't really talked about Stroman at all. What was it? Two years, yeah. 36 million. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's not a lot at all. I was thinking he'd, one, get at least a three-year deal, and two, that, that the value would be well over $20 million a year. But Right. Yeah, the, the Yankees fa- got you know, a nice little discount. It's like you said, the fact that it was just a two-year deal is kind of shocking. How how is he getting less money than like Giolito? Yeah, like wow. You know, like think about that. Like the Red Sox got Giolito for what thirty seven and a half, thirty eight and a half, something like that. Thirty. Oh, well, I guess obviously thirty eight and a half. Um, not thirty seven. And then the Yankees, right? The rivals get Marcus Stroman for thirty eight. And I think even the Red Sox. I mean, a lot of people question Giolito get that much money. Whatever you know. I mean, he was a good pitcher at one point. Like think of the Red Sox is like, hey, how did the Yankees get <laughs> Strowman yeah. for less money? Why couldn't we yeah. do that? So yeah, really shocking of 
you know, how much Stroman got uh, in this free agent market, especially this free agent market. Yeah. Now you, you, you would have expected him to get a lot higher and, and I'm sure Stroman had higher offers on the table too, but he gets to go to New York now yeah, with the stack team around him. <laughs> He's not going to be like the guy there either. Like he'll be, He'll be relied upon quite a bit there in that rotation, but like he doesn't need to be the ace by any means. He can kind of just be the number two, be the number three, whatever you know, whatever whatever they need him to be. Right. You have Garrett Cole. You can you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Right. Marcus Showman signs. Um, and like outside of that, I mean, again, we 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 kind of joked about the Pirates, but like you look at MLB as a total, like there's not a whole lot happening either. So. Outside of that, that's your baseball news. <laughs> yeah, not not a whole lot going on this uh, this past week. Oh, you know what? We didn't talk about either Jordan Hicks in the Giants. Th- there's also one for you. Yeah, four uh, years, four? forty-four million. Is that what it was? Yes, that's wild to me. I mean, I guess they are going to use him as a starting pitcher, which. Hasn't really uh, worked out in the past form much. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. Yeah, I, I was not expecting I that. I don't know where to go with that either. Um, this this pitching market is wild. It, it really is. Again, with, with Jordan Hicks is. I mean, I know like annual value isn't, but Jordan Hicks netted more money than Marcus Stroman in total for this contract. What? You're on mute. You're on mute. I'm sorry sorry about that. Snow plow's going outside, and the dogs are going Uh, crazy because they uh, they hear a snow plow outside. But, um, yeah, I I can't believe Jordan Hicks got that much money. The dude's never pitched more than 77 and two-thirds innings in his career. And the Giants gave him $44 million guaranteed. Yeah. He started eight career games. Like... They they obviously this is a starter's contract. Like this isn't this isn't a bullpen contract. I guess like my my take on it, like the think like in a positive sense is almost like the Rodriguez thing. It's like if he doesn't work out as a starter, you know he can be a good reliever. So there's even like that, the though, risk of him just not being like anything good. isn't there. Like he can he can definitely fit somewhere. But I guess like you said, that's it's definitely starter money. Yeah, but like but, he hasn't even. I don't really think Jordan Hicks has proven himself to be a good reliever either. Like he's, he's right put together. He's, like he's a been, decent I would say season, good, but but he's not like a, a really good reliever. No, like he's a guy. Like I feel like you can go out there and call up Jordan Hicks and from AAA. Like you, every team has a Jordan Hicks just hanging around. Mm. Well, I mean, like that's fair. Every team has a Jordan Hicks. That's probably fair. Yeah. You need a few Jordan Hicks at least to make a good bullpen. And he adds to it. But yeah. But anyways, I mean Jordan Hicks gets a four year forty four million dollar deal. It's just it's kind of wild. Yep. So there. Now that's yep. your baseball news. There's your baseball news. So let's get into the more pirates related stuff, I guess. Okay. Um do we want to start with the, the good stuff or the bad stuff? Not so much bad, but negative. Um Let's start with uh, let's start with the negative stuff. Okay, <laughs> so James end on a, end on a positive note. How about that? I like I like the idea. The sandwich. 
Yeah. Not that we see how much too much, you know, positive in the beginning either. But yeah. anyways, Jameson Town was on Foul Territory, a podcast this week. Uh, and of course, this is a snippet. This kind of blew up a little bit. Thanks, Ethan Fisher. Uh, but yeah, this this snippet kind of blew up a little bit where he was talking about like the pirates and such. And we will play it and, and kind of discuss and you know talk about it a little bit. So here is that snippet. Wait, so Dean Trainer was wrong. You don't just throw the fastball inside. Jim Benedict, throw the fastball inside. The fastball is not a bad pitch. That's not a bad option either a lot of the time. It's times. a ball. But, but there are, you know, I re- dude, I remember on that 16 Pirates team, I remember talking to David Freeze. I was talking about, like, intimidating guys. I was, like, in the minor leagues, you know, we were taught to, like, you take a big swing, I freaking throw at you. Like, yep. you know, you you, take, <laughs> you have success off me, I'm going to drop you and make you uncomfortable. David Freeze was like, dude, that's such bullshit. Like, I am I know that to be a good big leaguer, I have to stand in the same place in the box and hunt the same pitch. Like, if you throw at me, that's not uncomfortable to me. That's me, like, knowing I've, I've got you where I want you. He was like, you know what's uncomfortable is Jacob deGrom throwing a hundred down and away on a Nat's ass every time. Like that's <laughs> facts. That's a fit. That's the stuff you were fed in the pirates organization. You were fed this, this unrealistic ide- ideology of what the big leagues is by people who didn't pitch in the big leagues, <laughs> yeah. but Hey, yeah. you had to learn. So I was in with, of course, Eric Kratz as well. Former bucko. Uh, so yeah. Both of them on that also. Yeah. So yeah, yeah who's your take when you first heard that? Interesting comments there. Um, you know what? My my first take on it was I I don't think Tyone's intention was to like like talk ill about the pirates. You could tell Eric Kratz. Eric Kratz was not happy about yes. about you know what, what happened in Pittsburgh in particular. Um so you you I think um I think Kratz, you know, kind of started off the the Pirates bashing there. Tyone chose his words a little bit more wise, uh, wiser. Um, but I think my first take there is, yeah, the Pirates clearly had a, you know, a mandate, I guess you could call it. Like, if you are pitching for us, you're going to throw fastballs inside. Like, th- this was all during the, really, the entire Huntington years. The, mm-hmm. the Clint Hurdle era, like those pitchers pitched inside. They hit a lot of batters. Like every, I feel like every year they led the league in, in hits bat hit batsmen. Um, we, we remember multiple games, especially with, you know, the Reds where, yeah. gosh, like it was just a beanball war, right? Um, but at the same time, like it's fr- like, it, I understand, you know, hitting people is bad. But pitching inside is good. Like pitching inside is effective pitching. It's it you have to do it. And you see pitchers who'd refuse to do it now. Rowanzi Contreras, you know, just an example here. Like you see young pitchers who who just don't do it. They never really learned how to do it. And and they don't go inside with their hard stuff. You see them just not perform as well. Those those pirates pitchers, they all threw inside fastballs. And, you know, Eric Kratz is like, it's a ball. It's a ball. <laughs> well, not all the time. Sometimes you get players to swing at him and you saw him off in this weak contact or, or you know, sometimes maybe you make a hitter uncomfortable and all of a sudden it opens up the outside corner a lot easier right. for you. Like, there's there are huge benefits to pitching inside. Um, and 
I think Tyone kind of a, w- was disagreeing with Kratz there, you know, because I think at, at one point there, Tyone even mentioned like, I, I like throwing inside. Like, you, it's you've got to, you've got to do it. It's a good pitch to throw, even if it's off the plate. You've got to do it. Um, the whole David Free story there. I think that's just you know a, a David Free story, but um, I, I never played baseball professionally but in high school i wasn't very comfortable when a pitcher was throwing you know 90 miles an hour and throwing the ball inside so i can't imagine you'd be very comfortable if they're throwing 98 99 inside either um that that was kind of my take from it i think as i think tyone wanted to choose his words a lot a lot wiser there uh kratz obviously though was let's bash on the pirates for these next oh yeah he was ready yeah he was ready to go (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like this is another opportunity for the Pirates to get dunked on, which, you know, that opportunity was yeah. was taken. Um, and I agree with you with Tyone. Like, I don't think he openly just wanted to bash the Pirates. And he even said it, and like, even in Twitter, like, he respects the Pirates. He appreciates everything. Like, he roots for Pittsburgh unless, you know, he's playing Pittsburgh, right? Um, but I guess it just, uh, because he's not out here trying to dunk, you could tell, you know? just hearing some things in his tone and, and thought behind it, you know, like it was like he had to go outside to really help him out. You know, it wasn't internal. And it just seems like, like all the stuff you say, it's true. Right. But it just comes off as if like, that was the development. Like mm-hmm. the development was, here's your two seamer throw inside <laughs> three pitches yep. or less the game yeah. within the game. Right. You know, yeah. and now it goes into the whole hoka. Hey, and they kind of talked about that. Like, you know, when you guys see prospects like Alan Hansen just like looking completely defeated there. And like, I don't want to go into too much detail. I think a lot of us know about, you know, the past, right? And it is the past. But I guess my thought is, you know, hearing this and everything and understanding what the past was and how just stubborn the Pirates just seen before, right? It's completely stubborn. Like, this is our way mm-hmm. and you're going to shut up and you're going to do it. And, you know, this new regime comes over and we talk about player centric and how. You know, especially the pitching and Osmarine comes in and it's like, we're going to identify like what works for the player and we're going to bring that out. And I, I just kind of feel, and we've talked about this, like it's not to this level. I don't think at least, you know, maybe your point could be different. I don't think so, but I don't think it's to this level, but like, do you kind of feel like not whole, whole lot has changed in this aspect that it's still a very stubborn organization. And like, you're going to come here and you're going to do what We tell you what's best for you. And you're gonna shut up, and to tie that into um, like the free agent market and such, like is is this potentially hurting free agents? I'll say this, and and, and James and Tyone mentions this on Twitter too. Like the the one stark difference that I see between this regime and the last one, and and maybe it's just social media taking off and all of these places kind of being more involved on online, but you're seeing a lot more individuals going outside the organization for individual instruction right Mm -hmm. and i know you 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 and i kind of differ on this about you know you're saying like that's an issue sometimes and and i i completely disagree like i don't think there's anything wrong whatsoever and i i would actually encourage that you know players go go outside the organization i don't necessarily need my i don't need my hitting coaches and my pitching coaches to like I don't really need them to instruct that much. I need them to just kind of tweak things here and there, 
during the course of a season to like unlock a little bit of potential. Yeah, the 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 analytics stuff is gonna probably be a little bit more important than like a than like a major league hitting coach. You know, trying to figure out trends, trying to figure out what you're good at, and hey, let's try to focus on that. Like, I think that's probably a bigger part of of success during a regular season than just like like a hitting coach because. I don't. I don't yeah, know exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't know exactly what it, what a major league hitting coach is is supposed to do with you know rotating thirty guys who all do things different over the course of a season. Like you're not trying. You can't just change things up majorly during a regular season, anyways. Like you don't sure. want people making huge adjustments while they're facing major league pitching, right? So all this stuff happens during the off season, and you're going to need outside help for it. And I think one thing that we've seen that the Pirates do now is they. I'm assuming they're encouraging this. But they're definitely like letting players go outside the organization, going to places like Driveline, going to places like Tread, and getting individual instructions from from other from other people outside the organization. That's something that I don't think was looked upon as favorably the the last regime. Um, you know, we mentioned no. weighted balls and long toss and stuff like that. Um, those are all things that it's like a player. Like if the player wants to do those things now, if that's part of that player's uh, regimen, like they they do it. I've been to minor league games, been to spring training. We see them using weighted balls to warm up. We see them using long tosses as a, as a way to get loose and ready for games. Um, but you know, time Tyone kind of talks about that a little bit on Twitter afterwards, and kind of addresses what he says. Um, you know, he's saying that you know, just saying the success I had in Pittsburgh had nothing to do with my Navy SEALs training, right? And, and, right. and I think that's fair to say, like that that one particular activity was probably really stupid to do. Like the, the, it didn't need to be done, right? Um, and he mentions like they they took away his long toss, they took away his weighted, weighted balls, but they did a lot of things extremely well. They drafted and identified really good people with great work ethics and great teammates, right? So he 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 mentioned some positive things that the Pirates do. Um, but he also does say a big part of why I threw so well with the Pirates is because I went outside um, for for like weight room programs, analytics, scouting reports, stuff like that. That's stuff that they didn't that he went outside the organization for. Um, and, and who I mean, knows? It was what 2018 till they finally got a Rapsodo machine? Who knows? I don't know. I, I think 18, maybe 19. That, that uh, makes sense. But I think that's just where we're at now. I think the team is at least a little bit more willing to embrace the analytics side. They're a little bit more willing to embrace outside instruction. And if you want a player-centric culture, which is what they're touting that they have and what they what they want, then yeah, you've got to let your players do what what they think is best for for their careers, but also you know what you think is best as well. Right. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I have nothing against going outside the organization to do things, right? I guess my biggest concern is the only time you ever hear of, maybe only is a little bit overboard, right? But it's like the only, the only time you ever hear of something positive or is it is outside the organization. Like how come Robert Stevenson goes to Tampa Bay and immediately gets turned? How come Clay Holmes goes to New York and immediately gets turned, right? And then the Pirates take on someone and or already have someone, right? And it's nothing until they go to tread. Now here's Mitch Keller. So again, that was my my biggest gripe. And we do differ a little bit on there, but I'm not opposed to people going outside the organization. I mean, different voices are helpful in like all aspects of life, right? Um, it's just how come 
how come they don't have those voices in internally also is I guess my concern with yeah. that. Right. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay Dodgers, like you see all the good teams, you see all the good people pitching. It's like, you never really hear the, hear those issues with their guys. Yes. They go outside, but they also do a lot internally and such, but anyways, right. to get past that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think obviously like the Navy SEALs training is the biggest part of everything, but I think that that kind of trickles down to like, the whole regime in a sense, you know, it was very much of just stubbornness and, you know, our way. And, and it's the mentality thing, right? Just, if you just think like you're a bully and just bully people, like just do that. Opposed to like, here, here's what we're doing. We're going to work on your craft and make you a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like now, right. Like, of course this, this whole stigma has been with the pirates for a long, long time now. Um, and like, I just, I, I kind of wonder how much has actually changed especially like an outside perspective because right again, how we start off the show, it's kind of worrisome. Like if the pirates are actually offering multi-year deals and then potentially have been the highest bidder on some, why, why is a pitcher taking a minor league deal with Tampa Bay opposed to taking a major league deal somewhere else? All of maybe yeah. Pittsburgh, right? Why is someone taking what we thought was a relatively super cheap deal with the Cubs and maybe not a, you know, a better deal with the pirates. Yeah. I think that's just like the rep. If, if, if um, it's part of a rebuild, right? When you, when you go through this whole rebuilding process, yeah, you may stock up on prospects and, and you could say that the pirates did a pretty good job of like acquiring talent, you know, throughout the last mm-hmm. four years. Who, who you know we'll find out obviously if that talent is going to produce at a major league level or not but but what it does do is it makes your major league team really really bad for for yeah. a significant amount of time and when that happens you're going to get a reputation of just this team sucks and the pirates they suck right now like there's no way around it you look at you know Vegas has the pirates as like the 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 number 26 team or something to, to win the world series. So like all these power rankings are out and they're, they're a bottom five team in the league right now. Pirates fans are extremely optimistic and everyone else in the world is like, this team sucks. Right. right. <laughs> and so, and, and I don't think this team's terrible. Like, don't get me wrong. Like this team, isn't the Rockies. This team, isn't the, the nationals This team, isn't the A's right? Like there are teams out there that are bad. I think this Pirates team, as it's currently constructed, it's like a 75-76 win team, really similar to what we saw last year. Right. Um, Agree. But at the same time, like after four straight years, twenty, you know, five now, if you count 2019 as a as a down year too, five straight years now where this team had, you know, nothing to do with any sort of postseason aspirations. A lot of those years they were just terrible. And if you're someone on the outside looking in, you look at that and you say, you know what? I don't want to play for this shitty team. You know, if you're Noah Syndergaard, and, and I'm not saying like the Pirates should go out there and get Noah Syndergaard, but like Noah Syndergaard was comfortable enough to post online that he wasn't going to watch the shitty Pirates, right? So like, right. that's that's that is not just a Noah Syndergaard thing. Noah Syndergaard isn't the only person in Major League Baseball who thinks the Pirates are shitty, right? And like, that was. Years ago, too. Uh, We've had even more years of proving ourselves. 
so I think that's the thing. Like you, people who like defend rebuilding, right? They're like, oh, well, when all these prospects come up and you've got a core, then you just supplement those with good free agents. Well, the problem with getting good free agents is good free agents want to go to good teams. They don't want to just be a part of a rebuild process. So if, until you prove that you're done rebuilding, it's going to be hard to get major leaguers to come to you. And the Pirates yeah. haven't proven that yet. That's fair. That is fair. So, yeah, I, I would, you know, I would love to dig deeper with Tyone, but yeah. kind of is what it is. And uh, the comments are out there. But, yeah, I, I feel like what you said pretty much wrapped it up, too. Kratz certainly wanted to go in. He's He views a lot of things quite unfavorably. And I think Tyone appreciates, you know, still what happened in Pittsburgh. But probably wishes things could have been different. Yeah, I mean, he mentions like, hey, maybe I wouldn't have gotten injured if, yeah. if, if things were different, if my workout regimen was different. And, and we'll never know that, but it, that's a thought that he thinks maybe, right? And if he thinks that, then, then, then perhaps there's other people out there who think that. Yep. So there's that. Um, so I guess with that said, we can move on, right? Let's do that. Before we do that, um, today's show is sponsored by Chris Gates Fitness. Chris is a friend of the show, and he's an online fitness coach from Pittsburgh. In addition to being a massive Pittsburgh sports fan, he works with people all over town uh, and all over the world to build muscle, burn fat, and improve their health and fitness. In fact, Chris and I work together. Um, I've been able to make a pretty impressive transformation so far. Um, lost about 40 pounds in the last year. So if I can do it, you can do it. Uh, if you're interested in jump starting your fitness journey, make sure you're on Chris's mailing list. When you sign up, you'll get a free 21-day training program, a free guide to sustainable dieting, and a free high-protein, low-calorie tailgating cookbook. With those freebies, you'll be able to figure out the best and most sustainable way to manage your diet and exercise plan. Visit chrisgatesfitness.com slash newsletter to sign up. Chris also sends out free content every single week to his mailing list, whether it be new articles, YouTube videos, podcast episodes, and more. That's chrisgatesfitness.com slash newsletter to sign up. Go do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's you free. You know also? Yes. Yeah. I say, you know who also is in getting some pretty good shape? Who else? Marco Gonzalez. At least arm shape. Yeah. Let's let's talk about him for a little bit here, and I think it's funny because you and I, you know, we definitely we differ on the pitching stuff, right? We're definitely very similar in this offseason workouts. Great, who cares? Someone's throwing a hundred, cool. Who cares? Can he control it? <laughs> right? right. Um, is he gonna throw it in the game? Right. A lot of this stuff in the offseason where everyone gets hyped up for, we're kind of sitting back saying, "So, go." Yeah, this is different. Marco Gonzalez, uh, there's a video posted from Driveline. I'll play it for you right now. Come on. Come on. Go. Come on. Go. Come on. Come on. Go. Yeah. Woo. Woo. So just a little bit of clips, right? He's in Driveline. He's he's throwing. Pile ball. He hits 94 once there. Um, this This makes me feel really good. This makes me feel really good, Jim. This is one of those where you see the offseason, you see this, and you go, you know what? I like this. I like this a lot. And it's not even so much for me, the fact of like, 
where he's throwing velocity wise or whatever. It's just the fact that he's throwing. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. I think the biggest thing with Marco Gonzalez is, you know, the the health of him, um, making sure that he's he's healthy and he can can throw a baseball. You know, if you when when you hear like someone has nerve issues in their arm, you know, that's and, always and kind of heard like, that, right, Jim? Yeah, a little bit of a red flag there, especially after the Harleen Garcia stuff that we went through this past year. But um, yeah, I mean, that just shows you that hey, hey, you know what? If if Marco Gonzalez is out there throwing plyo balls ninety four miles an hour. Um, he's, he's in relatively good health. Um, and, and you hope that he kind of builds that up over the off season and he's ready for, for a full on season. I mean, he's, he's had multiple years now where he's been a, been an innings eater. He's put together some pretty strong seasons over his career. Uh, last year, obviously not very good year before that, you know, pitched a ton, but again, just wasn't super effective by any means. Um, yeah, you, you hope he can get back to his like 2018, 2019, 2020 self. I don't know if we necessarily, uh, expect that to happen if it does great. Um, but really just encouraging to see him like, Hey, he, he at least should be healthy. I will take 2022 himself as well, by the way. Now I I would think you hope. He goes, you know, like you're saying, all those other years also. But, like, I would take his last year season this year at this point in time. Like, if you tell me he's going to give me 158 innings, sorry, 183 innings, <laughs> you know, like, I will take that all day. Sign me up for Marco Gonzalez at $3 million just for that alone, right? But, right. um, but of course, like, you want to have more of a ceiling to it. But uh, I, yeah, I, I look at this and I'm kind of encouraged, right? Like, this is the proof that he's going to be healthy and hold up. But the fact that he had nerve injury, right? And again, Pirate fans, Harleen Garcia, we know what nerve injury is, is a guy who couldn't hold a baseball and was out for the whole year. This isn't that same situation at this point in time. Like, not only can he hold and grip a baseball, but he's throwing it, he's throwing it 94 miles an hour here. So, this this makes me feel a lot better about the Gonzalez trade, right? I mean, I think we liked it. I mean, we did like it for what it is, right? You got him for like $3 million, the upside, everything there, just the injury. And seeing this, it feels like, okay, maybe the injury could get past him, right? And also because it's, I mean, I hate to say it this way, and I'm not a doctor by any means, right? But it's nerve damage. It's not like it was Tommy John, like it's nerve damage. It seems like if he can get past that, like I wouldn't anticipate that there's like other lingering effects to it. I'm also not a doctor. So Again, I so my, my personal story yeah. <laughs> is how this makes me feel inside. I yeah. feel like there's probably not like lingering effects the same way, like maybe Tommy John is whatever. So, like, yeah, if he can get past the healthy part, maybe we could see like old Marco Gonzalez. Um, yeah, like if he's just so, like so his, again, like if that's, he's that's just what normal makes me self. feel good about this. Yeah. Um, no, I. I I don't think there's any reason to feel bad about this. I, I'm the, I don't know if anybody should necessarily get like super excited. Oh, Marco Gonzalez is at driveline throwing plyo balls 94 miles an hour. I don't know how excited I'm getting off of that information, but but like you mentioned, the the fact that he's throwing, he's throwing hard, um, at least suppresses any sort of thoughts that say like there's going to be a lingering issue with the nerve damage. Yeah. Now, Jim, like take a step back here a little bit, right? And again, we we know we've talked about this. We don't get excited in that 
worked up about offseason stuff, but also the same news, same sense. There's not a whole lot of pirate news. There's not a whole lot to talk about. So right. I, you're okay to get excited about this. <laughs> I'll say that. I, I yeah. I mean, it's it's <laughs> something doom to, and gloom mm. this offseason has presented, right? Yeah. Marco Gonzalez throwing a baseball alone. I'm excited about. It's better than Marco Gonzalez not throwing a baseball alone. There it is. I mean, perspective, Jim. Come on. I thought Jim was gonna be nicer this year. Yeah. Get excited. No, that's, that's good. Um, along those lines, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Marco Gonzalez has the potential to be a a, a good starter because we've seen it happen before. Um, it's just these past couple of years hasn't hasn't quite been the same as he was like in his 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 mid twenties. Um yeah, we'll we'll see. If the velocity goes up, he did get a little bit of a velocity bump last year. Not not a ton, but it was the fastest he had thrown since 2018. Yeah. Like, I wonder how much of it was just like it was early in the year and then yeah. he got injured. Right. But at any rate. Yeah. And again, like we talked, you know, I, I, I don't dislike Marco Gonzalez on this team. No. I think, I, I think he there's fits certainly well. some upside. It's limited, but there's some upside. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that if he can throw 150 innings, is going to be a, a very big positive, especially at $3 million. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so with all the risks heading into this off, you know, this year and such, you know, a lot on the pitching side due to injury. And we've talked nerve about Tommy John. I mean, there's a couple guys coming off of Tommy John that look to return to the, you know, the, the rotation this year potentially. Mark Gonzalez coming off of the season-ending nerve injury, you know, on his throwing arm. Um, this helps me, put me a little more at ease, I should say, with Mark Gonzalez on the health side. Yeah. And again, I, 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 I guess out of Mitch Keller and, and Perez, really, there's not too many people in this rotation that don't come with a question mark as far as health and longevity. That's a good point. Uh, you, you at least should feel very comfortable heading into spring training that Gonzalez should be fine from that standpoint. Yeah. Cool. So there's uh, the town. There's Marco Gonzalez. Some of the moves that were made this offseason by other teams, not Pirates. Anything else you want to discuss or talk about? Not right now. Let's go out there and sign Michael A. Taylor this week. Let's Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. I would welcome, you know, sign someone. Yeah, just anybody. Well, not just anybody. Yeah, sign somebody relatively good. <laughs> yeah, watch what you say, Jim. <laughs> I don't want to just say. Ben's anybody. listening. Oh wait, anybody? Are you anybody good with that? Yes. <laughs> <My only> deal. <laughs> Go out there and sign somebody relatively good for me, please. There That's it is. All. all right. Well, then let's get out of here. As always, appreciate everyone for watching. Um. We'll be back this week for some NS9 live on Wednesday and uh, an emergency podcast or two when Ben does what Jim asked. There we go. So with that said, we'll get out of here. Bye-bye. See you all. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video, and subscribe to the page. It helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.